The following is a Stick Boy We Talk production. The following contest scheduled for one fall. I am the man. If you're the Welcome to the One Fall Podcast and We Talk Podcast and Stick Boy Joshua Adam William Arbuthnot with the all to be baby face, Mr. Joel Johnson. How's it going? And he is the one of the heads of We Talk Podcast. He is the futurist Martin. And I'm the ultimate cleaner. Mm, yes, you are. Shades of gray. Shades of gray. We I'm don't shades think of- that people want anymore a good guy versus a bad guy. So if you're shades of gray and Joel's the ultimate baby yeah. face, I'm the heel? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. All right. Perfect. Love it. All right. So uh, we're here to recap uh, Forbidden Door. A really, really excellent show last night from AEW. Um, and uh, yeah, Joel, um, I'll let you kind of lead off where you want to start. No, uh, I, I thought it, it's probably been the, I, for me personally, I think that was the show of the year up to this point. I had everything you wanted. Like that's talking sting. about overall in wrestling or AEW? Uh, overall in wrestling. I think this okay, was a, not, that's not mine, but sure. Oh, I, I don't care what your show of the year yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, for me, this, this was fun from top to bottom. Like from the start of the uh, start with the the buy-in all the way to the end, I thought it had way more hits than misses. It had great wrestling. Everyone was pushing themselves to put on the best possible match and one up each other. Like this was this was a slam dunk. And for everything this card had to go through to get to this point mm-hmm. to achieve the level that it did is it just speaks to the talent of AEW and New Japan. And it really the the one thing I liked about this show was it wasn't about brand supremacy. Who's better, AEW or New Japan? It was both of them putting a show together. Oh, it's clearly AEW because they won every match. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, that, it, it, it'll be returned in the Tokyo Dome, I'm sure. Or in yeah. some, some show over, overseas. But it, 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 it wasn't something that I was sitting there thinking about, keeping a little scorecard going, who, who won more matches. It was just a lot of really good matches and I don't think anyone can say shit about uh, Orange Cassidy ever again because that was a oh, fantastic they'll find, they'll find a way they'll find oh, a way I, it, it was a slam dunk it was a slam dunk of a show I I enjoyed it and I had a lot of fun yeah, yeah. I would say it was, uh, it was a fantastic it's not my show of the year my show of the year is still night one of Mania but this is definitely right up there this was a really really fun show I went in with zero expectations to this show, and uh, I think maybe that's why I enjoyed it a lot more. I do agree with Joel that, you know, this show had to deal with a lot. It's probably one of the worst booked AEW shows, but there's an asterisk on why that is, just because of all the injuries and rescheduling and rescheduling and rescheduling, and they still were able to make it happen. Like Joel mentioned, they took a took a match like Orange Cassidy and Will Ospreay, where people were like, that's how you're going to show Will Ospreay to an American audience? I don't know if that's... And it ended up being maybe the match of the one of the matches of the year 
that you elevated FTR to another status of tag team supremacy. Um, you showed John Moxley in a brand new light. Okada got to show to American audiences how big of a pop he is. And before you go, Martin, I mentioned this to Joel in a text last night. I hadn't watched a uh, New Japan in two years, really, uh, except for that one time Shibata came out. That was the last time I watched it. I can't remember what show that was. Uh, that was the only one I ended up watching. And when Shibata came out, holy shit, that was what a moment that was. Um, but this, I think, specifically with the G1 on the horizon, I think this was a this was a perfect showcase for New Japan talent to, you know, other like Western viewers, not just American viewers, Western viewers, England, Canada, whatnot, that maybe didn't get to see them as much. And I think just with the G1 across, it was a perfect advertisement to go and return to New Japan because let's be honest, during the pandemic, New Japan took a little bit of a downfall with the evil championship run and in the confusion with the championship belt lately. This was a really good look at what New Japan can be and where it can go. Owen? Well, G1 every year always uh, sees about a 20% increase in their, yeah. in their subscribers. Yeah. Uh, this year should be more with G1 coming off this show. Mm -hmm. uh, individually, not a lot of, I didn't feel like a lot of New Japan guys got the shine. Like uh, Shingo got the pin, for instance, in his match, but I don't know that he stood out or anything like that. So, I mean, it was just really difficult. There's so many multi-man matches for anybody to make a star-making performance. If anybody did, it probably was Orange Cassidy. Uh, that is definitely, definitely the match of the night for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I give the show an 8.5 out of 10. That's, That's the same right as I gave night, WrestleMania night one. Mm -hmm. So I give it the same score as WrestleMania night one. Of course, I think of WrestleMania as, as overall, not one show, one night. So I give it a 7.5 overall. So, so far, yes, this is my show of the year. Um, sure. You know, I I really think that you're going to see, um, I, I really think you're going to see a lot of people from AEW at the Tokyo Dome. I think it's a big deal for them, uh, for a lot of those performers, because I think that you can see on the roster just how many people seem to watch and be very, uh, very um, taken with the New Japan stars. You could see the way they interacted with them. And it was also fun to watch the New Japan stars because you're watching them and you're going, Jesus, they're just so much better, aren't they? Like, seriously, like you're just watching them and you're like, look at their selling, look at their positioning. Look at all the little things that you don't think about. They're just so well-trained. Well, and to build off that point, you look at the uh, swerve in my greatness and the uh, Suzuki gun match, like the psychology of working the knee for both guys and how well they did that. Like it was just, and that was a really fun match as well. Like it just, they really like, to your point, like they did an incredible job of introducing that psychology and it was great to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And that match overperformed a lot. I mean, it went a lot longer than I thought. And uh, yeah, that, that match overperformed definitely. That's a good point, Joel. Um, I think, you know, like, and so we got the, we got the surprise of Claudio Castanoli coming out to a huge, huge pop and to lead into blood and guts. I would say like, this is, you know, AW this year, you know, it's maybe not been their best year. They've had ups and downs this year. Uh, but I think the way they have dealt with stuff has been really well done. I think the way that Tony has dealt with stuff has been really well done and really carefully orchestrated uh 
very, very well. And now you get to come in. And I think it was, it was, I was thinking this last night and, you know, I know we have these every four pay-per-views for AW, but in some ways it's very nice to have almost a monthly AW pay-per-view, maybe even just to spread them out to six, just to have it in your life on a Sunday. was really nice. And we got announced today that, well, yesterday that we're going to get the ROH pay-per-view, which is going to have a little bit of AW flair on. And then we're going to go pretty much a month later to all out. How do you guys feel about, you know, having like an AEW pay-per-view? This is the first time we've ever had pretty much back-to-back AEW pay-per-views. How do you guys feel about them maybe adding the extra one going forward? I I feel like Forbidden Door is probably the one that you add. Uh, and I mean, with ROH and them hoping to, because I, I listened to the media scrum afterwards. Okay, I didn't. The, the, there is a lot of hope from tony of working and he's he's he spoke very glowingly about his partnership with warner media and them consistently going back and forth and talking they uh they definitely want to try to get roh on a weekly tv show so i think well maybe AEW doesn't need to pick up forbidden door is probably the next one you pick up but mm-hmm. i feel like you can have roh pay-per-views in there that will be almost like your b shows that will be for roh you can have these programs, but you can also have integrate AEW stuff within there. They're NXT almost. When, yeah, kind of yeah. like an NXT, but you have where people from AEW will float in there and then they can float out. And that way you can have different things going on and just kind of creates a little bit of uh you're not ramming uh the 50 bucks for pay-per-view down everyone's throat because I think it, uh, ROH shows are 30. So that way it kind of offsets how much uh, just the cost of a pay-per-view is. And that, that would be the way I do it. Seems to me like every six weeks or so is a good good uh, schedule for it, but uh, not necessarily for a pay-per-view, just for a big event. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that you necessarily want to increase uh, the pay-per-views more than six would be the maximum I would do. But uh, yeah, every six weeks or so, you want to have a battle of the belts, a uh, AEW Dynamite Rampage Grand Slam, uh, a pay-per-view, you know, you mix it up that way, build to big events, but they don't all have to be pay-per-views. In fact, I think it's uh, probably better for the product if they're not. I mean, if you look at some of those big events they've built, they've done terrific ratings. It's, and I think that's been really good for their pay-per-view buys, you know, and the fact that they can give out this kind of super card without it being necessarily having to be in a pay-per-view and you having to pay for it, I think uh, the fans really appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, uh... I don't remember the number off my the top of my head, but I think it was either ten or a hundred thousand pay-per-view buys internationally for AEW for this um, uh, for this Forbidden Door. So they're they're definitely starting to. I think this partnership with New Japan is good because you're starting to see things like uh, the international market slowly start to pick up. And with to your point of having uh, like these Grand Slams, I would consider going to Grand Slam. I think Arthur Ashe looks like an incredible arena to have professional wrestling in it. And it just, it, it's great because you know on Wednesday, you don't have to pay a dime and you can just sit and watch uh, two hours. And I mean, the last Grand Slam had Brian and uh, Kenny. So it was... They, they've definitely continuously rewarded fans in different ways. Absolutely. And this one could have seen, uh, not could have Sasha potentially in it, right? Um, I, I, um, I would say- I, I, I don't think she's gone from WWE yet. No, no, I'm just saying, that's why I said could. Uh, if I had a critique of this show and it's a minor critique, 
it's just there was too many multi-man matches when we got the singles matches those are when i like that was the best match i wish we had a few more singles matches but i understand it's because we wanted to pile everybody up on the show and everything like that so i don't really have a problem but if there was a minor um criticism i had i wish we had more singles matches that's my only criticism i get you want to get everybody on the show absolutely no problem with it but it's it's that's my problem sometimes when i watch some of these new japan shows is there's so many multi-man matches and then you start losing a little bit of interest because there's so many multi-man matches and there's no way to really see who's getting over and whatnot as much when you have the element of maybe just a normal tag match or what the singles match can do so for the next forbidden door I hope we get more singles and specifically more women's. I understood Tony in his presser and Joel, you could probably speak on this said that the female side for stardom, they wanted to make it work. It just visas and other things just didn't get worked out in time, unfortunately. So my, my only counterpoint to your critique is that this is what I fully expect to continue happening is more multi-man matches. Of course. Because just the politics of it all, it, it means you can have your baby faces on one side and your heels on another. And then, whoever you want to get a rub to can. And that way it, it's a little less going back and forth. I think singles man matches, especially between two companies are really tricky to do. So that's, that was, that's my only thing. I, I fully expect more multi-man matches, especially next year. If they do sure. this, maybe they'll do more singles, but I fully expect more, uh, still more, more multi-man and multi-tag team matches. Uh, on the stardom side, he, uh, Tony absolutely talked to them. Uh, but everyone was booked and they had no visas. So they had no way of getting in to properly do a show. So they're like, that's something for down the road that we want to do. And uh, uh, Thunder Rosa talked about being challenged by uh, uh, Tara Valkyrie. Tara Valkyrie? That's her name, correct? Taya. Taya. Taya Valkyrie uh, at uh, AAA, as well as there is a promotion in Japan that wants her over in July, I believe. So... There are, that that was the hope. Tony wanted it, didn't work out. And this was the default match that they went with was, and both, both women having ties to stardom and everything and other promotions in Japan was just Tony's logic of being like, well, this works this way, but next time we really want to do this. Yeah, I think it worked. We could have at least had Shida versus uh, Thunder Rosa just for a little bit more of that Japanese versus, you know, should have yeah, had at least America two player. women's matches. Like, I, I think that's a minor gripe I have with overall at AW is the women are not getting a lot of time right now. Uh, oh, that's not true at all. <laughs> the women are usually getting two to their last pay per view. They had three mat women's matches. That was like the most they've had ever. I want to yeah, see more but, of that. I want to see more of that. You know, I mean, you have a deep roster of male too, so you you, you, know. you got to balance it out. I mean, they have uh, regularly have women's the, uh, Jade Cargill to regularly defend the championship on Rampage, mm-hmm. uh, and on Dynamite they usually have one or two women's matches and another segment. I mean, it's you know it's it's a it's a difficult balance, but yeah. uh, I mean, it, just need to be more consistency with it. I need to see a little bit more consistency with it. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. I always get Shimmer and Stardom confused. They're growing too. I, by the way, the one thing with the women's division I'm loving is that Willow Nightingale, who I think is my breakout star for rookie this year, if she is a rookie, like rookie's so hard in wrestling, right? Because, you know, Not you can say break. Yeah, because like I would say the breakout stars this year, male has been Speed Bag and female has probably been Willow. And both of them have been on the grind for a while. So it's we, like you don't really see the traditional like rookie 
come in and just go crazy because in wrestling, it's almost like they're at like a minor league G league, like kind of level, right. Where, or like the minor, like triple a level. And then they kind of go up, like even like Mojabari, who we just interviewed last week, cheap plug for on fresh take, you know, he's getting his reps around the Canadian circuit and whatnot. And then they go to AW dark maybe, or, you know, they go to somewhere in the UK and then they build their way up. So I think we need to kind of form a new way to talk about rookies in wrestling, but I digress. I would say Speedball and Willow Nightingale have been two of the breakout stars. So I bring it all the way back in that long, long talk there to bring out that, that I really love that Willow Nightingale is now getting a chance to be with Athena and Chris Statlander. And this wasn't on the show this week, but I loved what they, the, the chemistry between Athena and Chris Statlander, what's been going on. And I got to say, I love the new character director for Chris Statlander. The alien thing was not working. And this turn that she's had, I think it's really, really working to the point if Thunder Rosa does turn heel, I wonder if Chris Statlander is the one I would almost make go for the title now. Well, I do agree. Definitely, sis, Chris Statlander's uh, change in character is the best thing she's done. Yeah. Uh, the alien thing, the alien thing was working until kind of until she had that injury and she was gone for a long time. Yeah. And she came back and it didn't fit in as much anymore. So, yeah. And, you know, her being with the best friends, I don't know if the best friends are still a thing. Is I Chuck don't think e. so. Is still employed? Is his contract run out? Did he, what happened with Chuck Taylor? You know, I mean, I don't really I was going to ask you guys that if you knew, because I was oh. like wondering where he was. Because Wheeler's in um, Blackpool and Orange Cassidy is kind of doing chaos. his own thing. He's kind of with Rapungi Vice, I guess. He's, yeah, it's chaos. And then Danhausen, who was with them, was with Hook. And now Danhausen is just by himself, fucking around in GarageBand making music. <laughs> I think he's I think him and Hook are still kind of oh, a thing. I expect they'll take on the Ass Boys. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, the gun club. No, they're the Ass Boys. <laughs> that was that was great. I I really enjoyed like uh and Douglas Winnipeg, who's been on the podcast before, uh was at the show and he said the acclaimed are over. Like that the that the what they're doing is working and it's it's getting loud reactions. And they're, they're in a great spot, and they just have to kind of keep going with what they're doing, and eventually they're going to find themselves, once Bowens is healthy, they could find themselves in a little uh, tag team title match. Well, they'll probably, yeah. they'll probably come off of that and have them versus the ass boys in a feud. I mean, it seems like that's the natural build. Yeah. Turning the baby face, so. Yeah. Uh, and then, Martin, just your, your thoughts on Willow Knight. I know Joel and I really liked her at that Reign of Honor show, um, and she, you know, had a good match with Jade. What have you thought about Willow Nightingale so far? Yeah, no, I, I think I, I said this uh, after the ROH pay-per-view. Yeah. Is she's just got a, a, a likability to her. She's got this, you know, you know, like when you like see people and they have, you mentioned like ability, but then they just have the charisma and not everybody can have it, right? And she just no. has it. She just feels like she pres- is a star. Yeah, she's got a presence about her. Something about her just... She she's connects. extremely likable, and she she does. She connects, and and, yeah. and uh, yeah, I think she has a chance to be a big star. I do, yeah. definitely. And the thing is, it's all natural. Like it doesn't feel like it's being force fed to us. This nope. baby face presence, it just feels very natural, which is very rare. So it's it's worked very well, uh, and I just think that that's someone that you can build off of for another piece to your women's division. Uh, on the other side, the injury bug, unfortunately, kind of continued, kind of getting back to Forbidden Door and a few less pieces before we get out of here. Uh, 
I can't speak it fully on this, but just kind of judging by tweets, maybe Joel, you can speak more to this from seeing the conference, but it does sound like Adam Cole was just knocked out clean, like legit knocked out. And Rick Knox did what you're supposed to do as the ref. You're supposed to count the three. So Rick Knox did his job. Have you, either of you heard, uh, cause I haven't heard Meltzer or anything or Pollock. Was concussion. there other plans? Yeah. So it was a concussion. Uh, was there other plans to how the match was supposed to finish? Uh, there's nothing. It sounds like it more or less was supposed to be Jay pinning Cole. That sounds right. like what it was supposed to be. But not that be. way. Not that way. Uh, it definitely, like, Cole is it's probably good. It's, it's a great way that how they handled it. Uh, it's unfortunate because I thought that match probably had another 10 minutes of mm-hmm. uh, umph left in it. And I think you would have seen a shine for Hangman and a shine for Okada. Uh, but it sounds like there's a little bit more left for that match because you saw notice the pay-per-view ended a little earlier um mm-hmm. and i think it just came from that uh hopefully cole's all right concussions are nothing to mess with so cole can take a break for a while and i think that probably be the best thing best thing for him uh and yeah that's they, they talked about that there are there are a few things I definitely want to hit on before we go. So, um, I, I just want to throw in a little bit on that uh, sure. on that last match, if I can. It was, yeah, Bryce, it was Bryce Renford who was the official, correct? I thought it was Rick Knox. No, was it Rick I think Knox? it was right. Yeah, it was Rick Knox for the favorite. Yeah, it was Rick Knox. Rick yeah. Knox? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Rick Knox, uh, he did do the right thing because technically Cole kind of got his shoulder up at two, and it was up enough that they could have said he kicked out. Like it wasn't up as much as you'd like to see for a visual pinfall, but it was up enough that I've seen that be considered a kick out in the past. Um, so that, that was really good, really protecting the wrestler and in some ways protecting the wrestler from himself. So I'm sure yeah. Cole wanted to keep going. Because you know? there was almost a hesitancy there, right? Well, from him, you could tell that he yeah. was like, looking. he's like, he's out for a loop one, two, and he kind of hovers his hand and he's like three. Yeah. And that's the thing. It was, it wasn't selling. It was good on him to, to notice that this was a, a legit injury and, and to go to the three. Um, you know, obviously Jay White was pretty upset because it was so flat. He won mm-hmm. and there was no reaction because nobody yeah. expected it there. Even the Bucks said uh, something to him after, which I think was like, what the fuck happened? I went back and looked at it like three different times and it looked at like the Bucks' mouth, what the fuck happened? Yeah, I believe that. I believe yeah. that. Yeah, though those good Christian boys don't swear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it's very much uh, fortunate that they, they did do that, but I couldn't tell. Jay White looked a combination of concerned and pissed. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he was a little bit of both. You should have seen him at the presser. My God. Yeah. There's lots of yelling, mad, and yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, what did he say more. at the presser about the, about the match? He just talked about Jay White and how great Jay White is, and that was oh, yeah. he was upset that they, 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 he was upset that the title wasn't displayed properly. He, he's like, I, I don't know, I don't know if I'm gonna come back to AEW, and I, I think, I think he will absolutely be back in AEW, AEW in some capacity. But you, I think you're absolutely right, protecting Cole because the, there was like that little movement of the shoulder, and you saw that, and I think that's when Cole was like, kick out. Like just that internal instinct of like must kick out because this isn't the end yet. Uh, but it was, and even uh, Tony Khan spoke about it. it. Was like sometimes we have to protect people from themselves and uh, err on the side of caution. And it was a good thing to pull the plug on this. And uh, Tony actually spoke to it. It was like he actually revealed why Jericho was out in December. I don't know if he was supposed to, 
but he revealed that Jericho uh, had a blood clot and that's why Jericho was gone in December and that mm-hmm. that's when he started his health transformation so I don't know what exactly happened with that but he was talking about you know when Moxley and Jericho both went out and then Kenny was out Cole Brian and Punk all stepped up and now Cole Brian and Punk are out Moxley and Jericho have stepped back in again so it's been it's great to see that we can have people that can step in when they need to step in so Tony was very appreciative of the people and Tony was over the moon with Moxley like he was over the moon with Moxley that that whole presser was great to watch because you saw how much he loved Moxley how excited he was he was grinning like a kid sitting next to Okada and Okada was grinning like a child he seemed like he was having a lot of fun and Okada said the next match he wants in New Japan is Tony Khan so (laughs) he was uh go ahead Mondra no go ahead I was just gonna say the uh really good I mean the psychology in that main event was really, really good because the crowd was pretty quiet at the beginning because I don't think they wanted to boo either guy. Yeah. And they didn't really ever boo Moxley, but they definitely got behind and were cheering, let's go ace by the end. Oh, yes. Loudly. And that's that's just a, a good storytelling. And it just, again, speaks the talent of Tanahashi. Like he, Moxley has been so over with the main crowd in AEW that working with Tanahashi got him to be basically not booed, but not the one that was the main one cheered. They were fully behind uh, Ta- Tanahashi. And it yeah. just... It was dueling like, chance at the beginning, some, you know, like I say, it was oh, largely yeah. quiet. But by the end, 95% of that crowd was cheering for the A's. They they did a great job. Uh, uh, El Phantasmo, he, I thought he... I'd love to see him do more stuff with uh, the Bucks. I thought, (laughs) man, that was so much. That that six man match was so much fun. And Sting is sixty three. Sting is insane. How did they do that? So, did you ask Doug how they did it? How they shot that? Like, did they have someone in the rafters, or was that just a TV trick? No, that was there was someone up in the rafters. They looked up and you saw other camera. Okay, so it had it had to be Jeff Farmer then. They, they had someone up there and then then you had uh, where's my fucking music play my fucking music (laughs) Uh, they uh and that got a big reaction doug was like that was crazy that was absolutely crazy i loved it i i thought he was coming down from the rafters and then when the i thought they did much better job than having him come out from uh from the rafters and shivani it's Sting! Okay, my night's done. Bye, guys. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Uh, you and, know, and... Uh, I was going to say, Kevin Kelly was fantastic. Oh, oh he stole great. the night. He stole the night. And, you know, for the for the Japanese guys, this is the first time they've really had crowds in two years. And you could yeah, really tell a lot. Like, oh, feeding off of it. And Okada, you got that huge, huge, huge pop. I think one of the top five. 10 pops of the year we've heard heard this year um obviously the austin pop is probably the biggest we've heard but this was a pretty big pop this year and you can just tell how well he was over so i felt really happy for those guys because you know other than maybe reign of honor probably reign of honor but no one else had really had to deal with the ups and downs of the pandemic company-wise more than japan yeah and it's true that they uh, you know a guy like okada hasn't in more than two and a half probably two and a half years because mm-hmm. you heard a crowd chant, and even when crowds are loud, 
Japanese crowds aren't loud the way American audiences are. Yeah. And you could tell that this was a travel show, that this was uh, you know, a show people traveled for, which is why, again, they could have gone to an even bigger venue. Yeah. Next year, I, do our Canada Center. Let's do it. It's time. I'd, I'd be all over that. That'd be amazing. Although that will, that will never happen because they can't do it. They can't do a yeah, show at Air Canada in the summertime. They can't. We were talking about uh, me and Adam last night when we were watching the show. We're asking, like, where do they run in Toronto? I, yeah, they can't. They know. could do can't do they can't do Rogers because it just unless the Jays were gone for like ten games, yeah. you can't do it. And the Jays just don't go away that often for the setup of everything. Well, I mean, uh, it it depending on if they get it in the off season, obviously. Yeah, but even uh, then, that stadium is usually pretty booked for different. They could events. go where the Argos used to play. Or no, do the Argos used to play in Skydome? Well, they used to play in the sky, I don't. Yeah. They did, yeah. And, and, then, and then, but now they yeah. play where, I could be mistaken, I think they play where Toronto FC plays now? Yeah, they do. Okay, they do. yeah, but so they can't can, really if, play there. If you're doing it in the summer, that's fine. Yeah. But if you get into the fall or you get into where the weather's questionable up in Canada and in Toronto area, uh, you know, it, it really leaves a short window where they can run if they're running outside. Yeah. Yeah, I think this will be a classic kind of summer show for them. Maybe. And it kind of makes sense. Hey, where did WWS Classic, where did that, where, where did that run? Oh, when wow. When they had 60,000 people or whatever. Right. Can't remember. Hogan versus Orndorff in the main event. Yeah, right. I think it's D&E Coliseum or something like that, and it's no longer around. By the way, Martin, uh, just to like kind of side, I've been watching, I've been starting to watch Tuesday Night Titans on the network the, the last few weeks here. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, nice. Alfred, man. There's a, uh, there's a but, lot of stuff that shows up on that show, though, that you're like, they could not get away with this now. Oh, my God. Some of the Coco, <laughs> some of the stuff that Junkyard Dog says or Coco says on there. Or oh, that they yeah. say to them is like, it's the absolute savage, Tony Atlas. I'm like, yeah, I don't think you can call Tony Savage an Atlas and a savage now. No, I don't think you could. Okay, Joel, you you've been waiting patiently. Yes, yeah, uh, I'm I'm really curious to. I'd be very curious if they do keep it in the summer spot, just mm. with the G1. But maybe if the buys, like if the New Japan World subscriptions go up for this g1 maybe new japan's like ah oh, maybe summertime is a good spot for this. would you prefer joel that you know because you said this builds into the g1 but we talked about it when we did our preview right that some of the predictions and paula talked about this some of the predictions for the show take away because like well they're not going to do that going to the g1 would it not be better to kind of split this after all out before full gear or maybe after full gear that you do it a few months before the tokyo dome show so you kind of have across a bridge that you have this show to build to a Tokyo Dome and uh, Tokyo Dome show and yeah, Wrestle Kingdom. I think building to the G1 is just as big as building to the Tokyo yeah, Dome in a lot sure. of ways. Like that's, yeah. that's a huge thing for them. And also, I, um, I don't think they did much to build. Like, I'm surprised there wasn't a package of like who's in the G1 or something like that to promote it. Yeah. I think they should have. I think that's something that New Japan should have demanded do something to promote G1 here and on our subscription service. Uh, I think that would have been fair to ask for, but uh, most of these fans who are watching this already know the existence of New Japan. I, I was kind of waiting for that. I was like, if if I was New Japan or even AEW, I would have been like, do you want us to run this? Because that would have been a great little 
two minute package you could have yeah, ran yeah. to hype up the G1. Uh, I, I think maybe was there like three mentions of the G1 or something like that. Yeah. Like and it was really it really centered around the archer match. So in the buy-in. Uh, so it's it's little things like that that I think they can improve on and do that it just would be mutually beneficial for both parties. Uh, I, I'm kind of torn. The, you could leave this in the summer or you could move this to the fall uh, just before World Tag uh, World Tag League. Uh, that's a little less of a bigger card. And you could easily do this and then leave that into basically Wrestle Kingdom. And you could potentially set up matches for Wrestle Kingdom. Um, either or could work. Uh, I yeah I either or works either or works. Uh, the other thing I wanted we haven't touched on was my God I got goosebumps when Shibata's music hit because I I recognize oh, that right away. That's my moment of the year, by the way. I think on any wrestling show, as great as Austin coming out, the moment when Shibata came out because I I was like I know that music I know that music I'm like I know that music why do I know that music and then Shibata came out and I just. It's one of those moments, uh, people that follow the rundown have my famous, I scared the neighbors moments. And there's been like two of those, right? It's been when uh, England missed the penalties uh, to lose the Euro uh, last year. And when Anthony Davis hit the buzzer beater to beat the Nuggets, this was the third. <laughs> because Jabata yeah, yeah. came out like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Well, I mean, I... I did not expect him to come in and do anything no. physical like that. I mean, no. I knew he was there because he's the, you know, LA Dojo trainer. So, I mean, I knew he was there, but I sure didn't expect him to make a, uh, an actual appearance. That was very Are we cool. Gonna get him and, and Will, and do you guys think? Something, pardon me? We going to get Shibata and Will, you think? I, they definitely set it up, but I don't yeah. think we are, actually. Uh, I, I think they're still not 100 Unless he unless he goes into business for himself again, I don't know. They're hundred percent comfortable having him wrestle, uh, and plus the G one is coming up, and he's not the G one obviously, and Will is. No, no, but if they, the if they do do the match, Tokyo Dome is where you do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. could be a good Tokyo Dome show because we're probably getting Brian and Zach there. Hey, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Cesaro, man, that the entrance for Cesaro is Claudio. Oh, just, Claudio. Claudio. Claudio, I'll eventually get beaten out. Uh, and I'm Claudio, trying not to say Brian Daniel. Yeah, you know? that one's the hardest. Everyone still does it. Dave still does it. Alvarez still does it. Pollock does it. Mike John. Everyone still does that one. So it's okay, Joel. Uh, I, yeah, he he got he's got such a great reaction, and he just like even listening to the presser where he's talking with Tony, he just like I need something new. This is something new. I want to wrestle everyone here. Let's go. Did he bad really mouth bad. the Fed at all? all right. No, no, didn't no. say anything. Didn't, didn't, no one asked about the Fed. No one asked. Yeah. It was just It'll be more full. And because there were rumors that he was going back. But there were rumors real, he was one of the models. There yeah. was rumors that he was one of the models. He was going back. Yeah. Uh, I he asked. Expected back. But I asked Joel I, this. I'm still convinced, by the way. I just, I'm convinced that that really built cameraman was him in a mask and him. And I still think, I think it was, you're not sure if you want to be here. Why don't you come down and experience the atmosphere for yourself? Sure. Live and just experience it. And I'm not sure. I'm not convinced it wasn't him. <laughs> well, when he posed him, that, was, that, was, that was on purpose. Absolutely. His theme music's awesome. Uh, 
Pac, uh, winning the Atlantic Championship. He's actually kind of near the Atlantic. So that works, yeah. at least for the yeah. belt, despite he's, the Japanese and Chinese water, flags right? being on the, on the... But I, I was surprised by that. I was happy for that. That's a guy that is a AW original. And, you know, Miro's great. Miro's on a nice path with everything. He didn't take the lead. I thought Kurt Connors... I had never seen him before. Montana gave me kind of a nice rundown in our group text about him. I thought he performed well, but I thought for Pac, it really worked well. And now he can kind of do a feud with the House of Black over the belt. I thought it worked great. Yeah, I agree. Him and Black is the natural one to go to, I mean, especially since Connors was the guy pinned. Uh, yeah, it's nice to see Pac. I mean, they protect him really well. And, and mm-hmm. it's, it's nice. To, he still doesn't get, I don't think, the reaction from the crowd he deserves. So no. uh, definitely, uh, I, I like putting the belt on him since Ishii wasn't there. I still think they would have put it on Ishii. Mm-hmm. Now that I've seen Pac actually win it, I'm like, oh, it probably was Ishii that was the plan. But we'll see. Yeah. See, that, 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 that uh, Ishii having the belt would have been fa- the Ishii in that match would have been great. Uh, oh yeah, Ishii and Miro is something that they'll probably run run towards at some point. Mm-hmm. I just love the moment of Miro beating him down, and Ishii doing that fire up thing that he does, where he just lifts his, he goes ah. You know? uh, I mean, oh, there, there's a lot of great things that I think will come down the line. I think this was, I think this show was a success for both parties. Yeah, yep. and as much as even going into the event, I was complaining that there's not enough one-on-one matches and it's too bad uh, that why you know same thing josh said uh, near the opening here i was saying that in the in the preview and but one thing about having all these multi-man matches is it saves us a few really dream matches it saves those dream matches so we can still get them still want cm punk and kenta that's my yeah Yeah. that and that and and zsj and uh and Daniel Center, like my two dream matches I want to see out of this whole thing. Yeah, it... Uh, and you know, Joe and only, I would wish in a future Forbidden Door that maybe this Vince thing... I, my, I told Joe my dream next year is that Vince is, Vince is kicked out of CEO and that Nick Khan does take over and that he sees better and that we get WWE talent on this show as well just to have like the ultimate Forbidden Door show. That would be phenomenal, but maybe next year that's that's such a pipe dream, but Maybe next year this won't just be AW and uh, New Japan. Maybe next year it will have NWA and it'll have Impact. It'll have MLW. That's what I'm wondering if this is where the show bridges out to, to kind of be. Uh, Martin, if you remember those huge a, uh, AWA shows they used to do back in the day? Yeah. Or I think that's yeah, where Henny won his belt, or just that where Lawler won a belt was one of those big shows. Uh, I think that's where Henny beat Lawler for the belt. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that was it. But yeah, that was yeah, that was that was really cool. It was like the last big gasp of AWA, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got a, a, a something that Adam gave me last night. It says conspiracy theory. I just want to uh, throw it out there quickly to you guys to get your opinion. Uh, he said he thinks that this whole thing with Stephanie, where she was, where she walked away, was a work because they buried her on the way out. Mm-hmm. And his thinking is they buried her on the way out, so knowing that Vince was going to have to step down. So that way they could bring back a McMahon, but have it seem like, oh, but she's not loyal to Vince. It was, she was just Barry. Hmm. I think, yeah. And it has to do with the stock too. There's a lot because yeah, the stock exactly. did not take a hit. The stock. the stock did not take much of a hit. No, that it all has to do with the stock that 
still got a Vince McMahon in charge, but hey, she doesn't, she's not the same type of person. She's and just, all of a sudden, Triple H you know, is She's independent. It, it was yeah. all a facade to make it look like she was more independent from, yeah. from but, Vince. By the way, are we, are, before I move into this next statement, because I do want to hit on that one, are we done with Forbidden Door? We talked about Shibata. Mm-hmm. We talked about Sting. Mm-hmm. Covered all the Claudio. matches. Claudio. Mm-hmm. We're good. I think so, it was, oh, uh, capacity. Yeah. La- last thing, uh, one of the reporters asked Tony about Maxwell Jacob Friedman, asked if he was still with the company, and Tony said, oh, nice. this, this is not the time nor the place that I will be discussing anything Max-related. I want to focus on Forbidden Door. Yeah. So, we don't whatever. see him until August, Storyline that plays into the storyline, if it's real, that plays into real, so. Yeah. Either or works. Him- we see him in August, I think. I think so. Yeah, we'll see him in August. Um, or like, you know, Warlow during that, during whenever he goes for Genie. Uh, maybe between that, maybe he costs Warlow Genie. Man, I can't think of what to do with Warlow now. That's going to keep him so over. Uh, yeah, but does he beating Scorpio? Like that, was my, that was my worst match of the year, by the way. Spoiler oh, that, alert was, for that, was a, that was a nightmare. It, That's it my worst match work. of the year. That's my worst. It could have been five on one or ten on one, even maybe, but twenty yeah. on one was just too many power bombs. The in a poor row broadcaster just... didn't know what she was doing. The announcer, she was just like, first he knocked yeah. him off the ring, and she's like, "Jury one, two, and three are on." I'm like, "Okay," and then yeah, it came back, and she jury one, two. I'm like, "What the? I just thought they were eliminated." What? Yeah, they totally. They didn't seem to know the rules. It was just, it was messy. Yeah, and it um, didn't get over. So. Speaking of, you were talking about the Stephanie stuff. Uh, so Cena's coming back. So I have one kind of Cena thing going into tonight. First, uh, I'll ask you guys this, then one other Cena thing, then we'll get out. Do you think Vince introduces Cena tonight? Do you think we see Vince on Raw at all? Or they're just going to pop the rating just by having Cena tonight? I think I think it'll be just Cena tonight. Okay. Yeah, so, I think it'll just be Cena. I think it'll be Cena. I think okay. about, there's a possibility it could be Vince, but... Mm-hmm. No, I think it would just be Cena. I don't know if Cena wants to be connected to Vince in the Probably way not. Uh, together on screen. Uh, and well, then I'll ask you, I'll ask you this first. Mom, Joel and I have been doing this the last little bit with the 20 years of Cena coming tonight. Um, give me just off the top of your head, no order, uh, your top five John Cena matches of all time. Oh, geez. Yeah, uh, I know. There's a lot. You know what? It's there's a couple in there that you his match with Umaga was that's mine. Uh, that's mine. That's my favorite Cena match. That was a hell of a match. Yeah. Uh he also had a hell of a match. I'll give him credit for a, a hell of a match he had with uh with uh Great Kali. I said you that know? to Joel too. So, You're taking verbatim what I said to Joel. Uh obviously the punk match. Yeah, uh, I think his match with Cesaro, his first one, where the 11th year anniversary of the pipe bomb as we're recording today, by the way. Yeah, and uh, 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 I think probably we'll go with his final. Uh, it was I think it was a TLC against, or was it just a ladder match against Edge in Toronto? Oh, that was so good. We didn't that bring that one really up, good. Joel. We forgot about that one. Oh yeah, the Edge. Yeah, Edge That's the top match. five. That yeah. was very. Yeah, that was. I, a I brought up two. Do you think? And then I'll get to you, Joel. Mon the the match he had with Knock on the main roster on SmackDown. Is that the best Nakamura main roster match? It was really good. Yeah. Put over Nakamura. It was 
was it was really good. I, I don't know if it's his best. It's tough to say. I haven't. I have to say, you know, with with me following WWE less, yeah. it's, it's I haven't seen enough of the work to. Really We'll not get a good one with Sammy it. this week. But from what but... I can remember, yeah. yeah, the the Sammy match obviously was in NXT was better, but yeah, but in main roster, I can't think of anything better. Because uh, the AJ match didn't live up to the hype. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joel, your top five. Oh man, you you made most of them. Like I think it's for me. I think it, number one's probably that ladder match with Edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. That's that's really good. Uh, the U.S. title run. Like there's matches he had with AJ that are incredible. There's matches mm-hmm. he had with Sammy that are great. The feud with KO. Like he had a really really good run. And I, I've said this on the in the text chain before. John Cena is everything Hulk Hogan pretended to be, just in terms of what he's meant to kids and uh, people with disabilities. Which is why I can't believe that he keeps on doing these hard R movies. The kids can't technically go <laughs> see. It's, <laughs> it's it's crazy because and like you even look at his movie career. I think. Cena's movie career is moving in a, a way better direction than Hogan's ever did. Like oh, no. I don't even think Cena. he definitely is. <laughs> Cena. Oh, by the way, I, I forgot Cena versus RVD. That would have yes. to fit in there. I don't know oh, who would pop yeah. out. I got one Cena match you guys forgot about that I'll get to in a second after Joel's done here. Uh, I just John Cena. He's 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 not bigger than Austin, but he's very 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 professional wrestling and his later run makes you appreciate cena a whole lot more there are some warts with cena but nexus nexus is the big one there's there's i I definitely think he's he's definitely nowhere close to austin or or the rock he's just not even close or austin's level or sorry hogan's level he's just not he's not even close to that but he's at i would say at uh um Bruno Sammartino's level, which is pretty damn impressive. It's pretty yeah. good. I think I think in terms of draw, I think obviously Hogan and Austin are Austin's one and Hogan's two to me. Uh and then Cena's somewhere floating around in the back. I think he's Rock's probably ahead of him. Uh Cena probably still more merch than Rock, I think. Yeah, I Randy Savage, Roddy Piper, I'd put a pad over him, for instance. Yeah. But you know, I mean he's ahead of Bob Backlund. He's yeah. ahead of you know Sean Michaels, uh, Kevin Nash. Is uh, is he ahead know. of Bret Hart? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You the one match you forgot about well, uh, was there was a Monday Night Raw match against Sean. I think it was in London, and it went like an oh, hour, yeah. hour. like sixty minutes almost. It was so good. It was, and there was another oh, Raw wow. match he had against Punk. That was really good when Punk pulled out the pile driver. Oh, that was the match where they used the pile driver and they were banned. It was banned. And yeah. that was the match after. That was the match with between WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble where he won the title from. Yeah, from it was Punk. a really or, good one. Where, uh, oh, sorry. Rock won. Rock won the title from Punk. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then he brought out the new title. Had this match, was it was one, a number one contenders match. He put up his, his yeah. title match at Mania up against Punk. And they had killer match with the pile driver that they got heat for. So that match good. was used in the Hangover Three. <laughs> the pile driver spot included. Um, yeah, then there was the the SummerSlam match with Seth was good until the John Stewart bullshit. Yeah, 
but that was a really good match. He had some good matches with Seth. I, I think Joel. How about his match with? How about his match that you wouldn't think of? But his match with Brock, where he just got swapped to put him over that level. That was that was great. I was I remember being shocked at that. The professionalism. You want to talk about Cena uh, and Brock? How about that triple threat at Rumble? Oh, oh yeah, it and Seth did the Phoenix Flash. Yeah, yeah, that was hell of a match. And then Brock uh, springs into the ring out of nowhere and hits an F five. It was just fucking bananas and then you have early cena on smackdown uh the street fight against eddie was really really good if you were my guys remember that one at all joel do you remember that yeah i don't remember that one yeah the street fight all the cars it was kind of like with the best friends that match had like all the cars around them yeah i yeah that was really really good him and kurt uh had some really good matches uh in early smackdown um, he had some good matches with Jericho early on. He had some good yeah. match with Jericho, and you cannot mention John Cena without another man, and that is Randy Orton. Oh yeah, those you two. Know their best match be was probably the I Quit match. Yeah, the I Quit match they had, where where you know uh, Cena was tied up and Orton was just hitting him. I think it was a kendo stick, just beating on him, and he yeah. wouldn't quit. And the crowd was just so hot. Yeah, yeah, that, that was really good. Who who would you guys say? Which I think these are the three options. You can tell me if I'm different. Cena's greatest rival, Randy Edge Punk. Yeah, those are Randy's. Randy's probably number one, but Edge is number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Or you could say you could say Edge number one. You really could. I I think I I think I'd go with Edge. Yeah, Yeah. Edge had the best promo. Punk had obviously the pipe bomb. Which is great, but I love the promo Edge cut. It's like I hate your stupid armbands and your stupid loyal hustle, and I hate this and I hate that. That was such a great promo. I'll tell you, I think he was three best uh, rivalries. I would go sure. Edge. Or think about it because the quality, like the the interest level from the fans, I think was higher than yeah. with Orton. Orton, yeah. I think he had even more matches, and it went <laughs> on for a longer period. But yeah. I would still have him at number two. Number three, I would say The Rock. Hmm. True. Very true. Yeah. And that's when Rock turned into Dwayne to me. Yeah. That wasn't The Rock. That's Dwayne. I don't like Dwayne. I like The Rock. That's when Rock really kind of showed that there was a new era of promo and he can kind of stand there. But when he went against guys that have just as good promo skills as him, as Cena or better promo skills than him, like Punk. He had a uh, difficult time fun. going against. Charis- he gave us Fruity Pebbles. You can go yeah. to hell. You're wrong. Yeah. Fruity Pebbles. Oh, Fruity Pebbles was great. I'm just saying, like, going against, like, Punk destroyed him in the promo battles that they had. Punk absolutely mutilated Rock. Oh, Punk those. did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Cena, I think he held his own in that. But, yeah, he that's a good. Own, yeah. Oh, and I guess, too, like, the Miz. The Miz feud. Underrated feud, but kind of redid the Goldberg-Jericho thing with Miz. And I think that feud really ev- uh, elevated Miz. Cena did, did a good job of that. one where, where Maurice was, uh, Maurice and... Uh, oh, the total Bellas Foods. The, the, the total Bellas Foods were great. That was maybe my favorite run of SmackDown. That was uh, the last time I enjoyed The Miz. And that was the first time in a long time I enjoyed The Miz as well. When yeah. he was doing that, that stuff where they were, he was pretending to be Cena. Yeah, you know, in, in those video packages and it was mm-hmm. just so uptight and everything. I thought that was just awesome. Yeah, I love that era of SmackDown. Joel and I, I know both hold that era of SmackDown in a very special place. It was very oh, yeah, good. absolutely. Tuesday Night SmackDown oh. was really good. 
yeah, it, was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, darn it, Twitter. Uh, so AEW will be at the San Diego Comic Con, uh, and they will be having uh, CM Punk, Jade Cargill, Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, and Brian Danielson part of the AEW Comic uh, Comic Con panel. Nice, a, a good mix of WWE stars and star power, and new people you want to get over. Orange, Brian, Brian and Punk bring people in and then they get to meet Jade, Orange and Darby, which are the three people you're, you're really trying to build up. Absolutely. Perfect. How are being tied in with Warner Brothers? Maybe they'll showcase some DC stuff off. Who knows? Maybe they'll show footage for the Flash movie. (laughs) Maybe they'll put uh, one of the AW stars in uh, in a uh, DC movie. Well, they could replace the Flash, that's for sure. Ugh. Anybody, please. They can't. They're so screwed. They, can't. they have to reshoot it. They, they have to reshoot I, it. I don't think it's, you know, the cost is r- ridiculous, but I think you're right. I think they have to reshoot it. The guy is, or the, it or they are a nightmare. They. They. He's a they. They are they. Sorry, everyone. I Forgive they me. Or I, they are the are pronoun is they. The pronoun is they. But they um, is plural, so it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Put Orange Cassidy as the Flash. Just, just. <laughs> that's why he's so relaxed. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it. All right. So there we go, everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, glad. I uh, hope that you everyone enjoyed Forbidden Door as much as us. Um, please enjoy uh, Cena's return to Monday Night Raw, and then uh, do we just want to do Money in the Bank? I guess we'll have to wait for the other participants. So maybe we'll do a Money in the Bank preview later this week. We'll see where everybody is. Yeah, Money we'll in the Bank. Uh, I just I'm heard a, that I didn't know it. I didn't know until yesterday. I was told by Adam that they're going on a Saturday night head to head with UFC. That's Crazy. why they. That's why they couldn't sell at Allegiant. Because of Allegiance, yeah. Yeah. Because they wanted to go to that stadium, though. That was the only time. Yeah, Vince camp. thought he could go head to head with UFC in Vegas. Guess what? Yeah, not great, Bob. <laughs> not gonna work oh, okay. so they're going to there'll be a t-mobile i believe no they're at the mgm right i think mgm yeah 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 so uh because is one the of them is at the mgm ufc's a t-mobile i believe yeah and they're Either that MGM. or could be reversed i'm not sure yeah but it, yeah, yeah that, those are the two arena i think they're mgm i think yeah, that's yeah. why roman got pulled because it's a smaller venue yeah mm-hmm. exactly he only does stadium shows they were thinking they could do six stadium shows a year Turns out they can only do three. Yeah. 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 And I, I will just end on this. The Natty and uh, Rhonda feud, it's so backwards. Online has been awesome. And on air has been dog shit. Well, imagine uh, off lo- online, it's them. Off air, yeah. it's, or on air, it's writers. Mm-hmm. Go figure. Yeah. It's going to be creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we, we'll potentially be back with the Money in the Bank preview later this week. I know Joel is most likely not watching it. Mon, are you watching Money in the Bank? I, it being a Saturday, it'd be difficult. Yeah. I, <laughs> if I, it was Sunday, I would have a better chance to watch it. It'd be Saturday night. Uh, yeah. I don't like these Saturday pay-per-views. The schedule and see who's playing there. I know the stamps are on by, so I might just watch it. I have baseball that night. I'll watch it on Sunday morning, but. I don't like these Saturday pay-per-views. I'm not a, for what my schedule is for broadcasting. I really don't. I'm, 
I think it's very great for our friends overseas. I'm very thankful for them that they get to have it. So I'm not going to complain yeah. because for some of them, it's very, very nice to have these Saturday pay-per-views. Yeah. When you or when the first AEW was running Saturday nights, they did well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there are two, two other things that I completely forgot to touch on for Forbidden sure. Door before we get out. Uh, FTR may be the greatest tag team of this generation. Just the uh, run that they're over on. Over the Bucks? It's, it's tough. Their career but... is not as over. Their career, you can't put it against the Bucks. You just so can't. it's what? It's New Day, Usos, Bucks, and them, right? Those are the four? Am I forgetting someone? Briscoes, maybe. Briscoes, cool. I don't have the Briscoes. Uh, I think the Briscoes are there, but they're fifth in that conversation for me. Yeah. Yeah, I would uh, say so. I think it's those guys. I don't think there's anybody in New Japan. New Japan would probably be GOD would be the closest. I don't think you could put them at that level. I would argue uh, New Day is still. I think you got to go Bucks. Yeah. I think it's Bucks. Too many match of the year contenders the last two years for the Bucks. Since it's probably started. Bucks. Usos FTR for me right now. FTR and Usos are really close. The only thing, or it could be FTR because the her thing, the who best of the year Usos. is FTR. Yes, best of the year. I mean, they may be the overall best wrestlers this year. Best of the generation is just if you're saying if what you're trying to say, Joel, is right now as good as they are is better than anybody else has been in this generation. That's I, it's more this this year. It's they 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 the yeah, this year is FTR. There's a higher level possibly than we've seen any other team. Uh, and this the, generation yeah and the fact that they've won so many tag titles across so many boards and they hold three it, tag titles in three different companies right now is the it's, roh it, pay-per-view sorry joel is and i'll let you answer this is the roh pay-per-view going to be them versus the bucks for everything you think i know i, uh, I, I think I that's prob- probably at all out that's going to be more where they want to do that mm-hmm. um uh, but that, just that depends on that depends on New Japan, I think, just to a degree, and mm. and also like to say they're still they're still AAA champions, so who knows? But the, uh, it, I, I give my hat the the year that they've had has just been great, and then winning, uh, just having tag titles in NXT, tag titles in WWE, AEW. Did they hold both tag titles in WWE? I believe. So, yes, they, they held them individually. Yeah, they won NXT, Raw, and SmackDown tag titles. Okay. Yeah. Right. I don't know if there's going to be any other tag team that could hold that many titles. No. The only other team that has a chance at it and they have to leave is the New Day. Who has won NXT tag titles that have that chance? Because MSK, I would have said maybe had a chance, but that's impossible now. Um. Did Mustache Mountain never win? Oh, Mustache Mountain separated this week, so never mind. Yeah, yeah, uh, they they were they were champions for a little while, and yeah, I think they this, broke up. I think FTR is it for that with the NXT title. Grizzled Young Vets broke up too, right? I believe so. Yeah, so I don't really know. I mean, DIY didn't have a long enough run together, so no. I mean, that it's funny you bring that up, Champa Man. Uh, I know you guys aren't watching the main roster as much. Champa every fucking week, he is giving everything. Like he's yeah. probably going to get cut in the next two months here. But yeah. this guy, he's booked like shit. But man, this is one of those cuts that's going to really piss me off in a in a way of yeah, I'll be fine. But he'll he'll do fine in the Indies. But like he is busting his ass, 
And, you know, when Vince has that comment about reaching the brass ring and you got to earn it, this guy is literally working his ass off in shitty segments with The Miz. And then he gets booked as Mrs. Floney in a match with AJ or Ali or whoever. Great opponents, I know. But Ciampa in the smallest segment is taking every single second he can out of those segments and trying to make them work in the main event right now. I give him a lot of credit. He's booked like dog shit but he's really doing the most that he can. And I hope maybe with Bruce there, maybe he'll pay a little bit more attention to it and respect it. I doubt it, but I hope that someone there pays attention to it. Cause that guy deserves at least a money in the bank spot for the way that he's busting his ass the last little bit. But I totally agree with you from everything I've seen. Uh, he's just, he's trying so hard and mm-hmm. his booking is so bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's everything that you feared would, would happen to him is happening. You know, yeah. But again, like if you get cut by the company, like you you just want to get mad because like that's a guy that showed value to your company. You should want to keep him, but he'll just be way more valued outside of the company. So I'm not going to be pissed if he gets cut. I'm just pissed that they had a talent and they didn't. You have to say this though. I mean, with Claudio joining last night, like that's it. Maybe Johnny Gargano, but Sasha, Sasha and Johnny, Sasha, Sasha in the women's division is different. They, yes. they can still bolster it, but like enough WWE guys. AW. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I, I said this to Josh, and this was because I've seen that argument. No more WWE guys. I think they probably have hit their quota of signing talent. Yeah, they've all of our uh, there too. My, my argument, my argument has always been, if this was. Ford, you don't sit there and go, well, we don't want this really good engineer from Tesla to help us bolster our company. It, this is the only thing where you go, we can't have a former X guy come here and work here because they're not part of, uh, because they were a former Tesla guy. Wrestling- well, I guess it's the point, Joel, of having too many of those engineers. Well, I, I, think, I think it's it- also the point of just having too many engineers in total. Yeah, I think I, I think that's more the argument. I'm not. Con- I wouldn't be concerned if they were ex WWE. How many people are going to be ex WWE? Why six? Why six is showing up somewhere really soon? Yeah, I don't know where he's going. It's soon because he filed for that soon. trademark, right? Why? Well, I mean, and you got all the yeah, ROH he just people. filed for it, and he he put up a tweet saying, "Be patient, the wait is almost over." Yeah, uh, it's going to be CYN. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe it's a movie. Maybe mm. it's some maybe it's not uh it's a movie ready to release. No, I I you wouldn't trademark White Six unless he was gonna wrestle. So he could be like, I mean, maybe they redo the dark order with him in charge. Yeah, that seems the obvious one. I was thinking that too, because mm-hmm. they've lost all their steam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Check out, yeah. Even, check even out John Silver, Silver beat him up, turn him baby face, have him feud with them. Do Ahmed versus the nation with uh, John Silver versus uh, Dark Order. Yeah. Uno just seems to be doing AW games. I don't think you've seen him on TV for a while. No. I mean, his tag partner is gone. I mean, and that was his tag partner for years. Yeah, Smash Bros. Right? Smash you Bros. Know? Yes, Matt and Super Smash Bros. So we're yeah. years. It's got to be really odd for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be, uh, be interesting. Uh, so Blood and Guts coming up this Wednesday and then money in the bank coming out this Saturday. It's a busy week in pro wrestling and combat sports UFC. Like I mentioned, it's coming out this week as well. 
Uh, for all the latest, make sure you check into the One Fall podcast. Also find us on the One Fall pod Twitter and find everything from Martin on We Talk Pod and his Twitter as well. You can find everything from me on the Fresh Take Network and Jawa31. Thank you everyone for watching. Until next time, folks, cheers. Mm-hmm. And good night. Oh.